Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Monday, January the 22nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we talk East-West Shrine Game with a brief preview of the Senior Bowl as the college All-Star games are coming around here. Draft season is ramping up, and we're going to do that with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. We talk about today's NFC and AFC Championship game and what we learned from those games as it relates to the Miami Dolphins, including a potential shift in offensive style for Miami. But first, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We are now on Stitcher as well, as well as Tuned In. You can follow me on Twitter, at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the show at LockedOnFins. Of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll have a bunch of pieces coming out this week talking about the Miami Dolphins' new coaching staff. And lastly, but not leastly, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And let's go ahead and jump right into the interview with my guest tonight. He founded footballgameplan.com. You can find him on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan. He is Emery Hunt. Emery, welcome into the podcast. Appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, of course. It's always good to, to meet up with someone that I had, I guess, my football past. Now, I remember you from one of two message boards, and I can't remember which one it is. Perhaps you can jog my memory. It was either finheaven or thefins.com, and I want to say it was something like 10 years ago. Do you recall that time? Yeah, it, I mean, I used to, that's when we first started uh, the video part of our website, and we were just trying to get people to, to, to view it and get thoughts on it, and, you know, and lo and behold, people started to like the concept of us doing video analysis. And it kind of stuck. And I have to say, I credit to where I am today to to you guys out there on the message board for showing us so much support. Yeah, and you were kind of ahead of the times because that's really one of the main avenues that people like to get their information nowadays is through that video feed. And obviously with Twitter being what it was and social media, it's a really good, you know, avenue stream in terms of getting football content so you were kind of a pioneer in that sense and i love what you do man it's great stuff and uh, if you just want to tell me a little bit more about your background with football game plan because i mean i i remember seeing your site you know like i said 10 years ago whatever it was and obviously you've come a long way since then so just kind of tell me about what football game plan is and kind of what you guys are trying to accomplish over there well it's the one-stop shop for the football football fan we do virtually everything we cover nfl all the way down to women's tackle football so you're going to see scout reports you're going to see some game previews some whiteboard breakdowns you're going to see some uh draft coverage coaching interviews so we kind of cover the full gambit and we've also now touched into broadcasting so you'll see me on on high school games college games i just did an all-star game two weeks ago in in daytona beach called the tropical bowl so we we've we started as a website where we're just going to give everybody equal coverage and we kind of blossom into this full-fledged media outlet. That's really cool, man. Yeah, footballgameplan.com. Check it out, guys, if you haven't already. And tonight we're going to get uh, Emery's opinion on a few Dolphins-related tasks, as it says the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, obviously. But I just kind of wanted to ask you some draft-related questions. Usually as Dolphins fans, at this time of year, we are full bore ahead on, on draft season. We don't have a lot of playoff success to our names in recent years. So just kind of talking to you about these two All-Star games and how they reflect on the Miami Dolphins in terms of players that we could see in the Aqua and Orange next year. So... You know, the Shrine game on Saturday, Senior Bowl coming up next week. Does that sound good for you, man? 
Oh, man, it's, it's a, a lot of fun. This is my favorite time of the year, man. I uh, don't doubt it. For the scouting uh, community, this is definitely a great time of year. So you were down in Tampa Bay all week for the Shrine game, and th- those practices and, and the game, they don't get quite as much publicity as the Senior Bowl does, obviously, but, you know, it's it's a great foundation for the back end of the roster and the back end of the draft and kind of the way teams are built that way. But I just was curious about, you know, getting a little bit of insight from that game and that week and just how heavily is each team represented down there in Tampa Bay? And if, if you can recall any of the Dolphins' big names that were in attendance, who was all there uh, that's a who's who for the Miami Dolphins? Well, for the Miami Dolphins, it was just you saw just your generic scouts. So scouts are there. It's not you're gonna see you're not gonna see GMs, um, and and so you're gonna see scouts. Most of the GMs are probably in Mobile right now, prepping for when their scouts join them for the Senior Bowl. So it was mostly mainly scouts, but every NFL team was represented. That's awesome. Good to hear. That's that's pretty cool. And the, some of those lower level scouts got scouts that don't get a whole lot of publicity in terms of you know credit for players pick that type of thing. That's kind of where they get their grunt work into. So good to see and good to hear. Now, I don't know how well you're plugged into this, Emery. I'm just going to kind of fire off the hip here with this one. But you know, obviously, players and teams meet after the practices and they have their interviews with them. Do you know of any players that met with Miami and who and maybe what that list looks like of players they visited with? Not at all. And I, I kind of do that on purpose because th- to me, that's how you keep your connections tight and strong. You don't have to go run with every piece of information you have. Um, sometimes you just find, they give you information. You just, you just, okay, that's cool. And you leave it at that. Um, but as far as meeting with guys after practice, I, I think a lot of teams met with various players. We won't know who met with them personally back at the team host hotel because those are closed off to the media. That makes sense. I get, I get you on that. I know they make a big deal out of these private and public meetings in terms of when the combine is closed. I was just kind of curious to see if anyone from that level was, uh, you know, if there's a lot of information there too. But um, I guess we can just kind of talk about which players at positions of need that the Dolphins or that stood out in this game. And uh, obviously you were down there for the game too. So positions I kind of want to talk to you about were defensive end, linebacker, defensive backs, tight ends, and offensive line or interior offensive line, I should say, because those are kind of the areas the Dolphins are really, really need heavy in. So I was just curious to ask you, which players at those positions really stood out throughout the course of the week? Well, I look at a guard in uh, Tony Adams out of North Carolina State. I thought he was excellent all week long, both in one-on-one drills and also in team period. And to me, he was the most consistent of the group all week long. You also look at a guy from uh, West Virginia that was out there playing his heart out and playing some good football as well. His name slips my mind. But I do remember Tony Allen being the guy uh, that was doing what he was supposed to do, stuff that he did on film since his freshman year, which was key. On the At the linebacker position, uh, Chris Warmly, uh, Warmly out of Ohio State was excellent in coverage, excellent in, in run support. He was around the football constantly. I thought he did well. And I know I'm going to butcher his name, but this guy played. He didn't do too much all week long in, um, in practice, but in the game he was just phenomenal. That's full Alonzo. Tukowski, whoever that dude is, whatever his name is from UConn, D-Tap will look him up. Uh, so he was excellent. And, uh, Kentavious Street was a tremendous pass rusher all week long, as well as the guy from Missouri, man. I thought well, it was interesting to see guys step up and be consistent in one-on-one or step up and be consistent in team period. And I thought uh, from Missouri, um, what's this guy's name? It all, it, I hate when this happens. Well, you have so many names. You saw Marcel Frazier is a kid. So he was virtually on block board. In a tight end position, I thought Andrew Bollard was was solid. He came in from Weber State, and they, they utilized him as a move tight end. This time he was playing more 
in line. You saw that a lot with tight ends that are coming from these spread programs. They put him on a line of scrimmage. He was doing his job blocking, and we also know how well he is as a receiver. He was a big-time weapon. He was the number one option, actually, in Weber State's passing game. So to see him out here or out there in, in uh, St. Pete doing what he had to do as a blocker was, was huge. You know, at, in the secondary, I was just was a fan of Brandon Faison of, of Virginia Tech and Tracy Walker out of Louisiana, uh, University of Louisiana, and also Avante Maddox out of Pitt. I thought all of those guys were, were some names that really stood out that could be good fits for, for Miami. Yeah, Avante Maddox is a guy that I watched in that game, and I thought he had that good little quick twitch. And But the thing I was worried about with him is he's a little bit undersized in terms of what Miami looks for at the cornerback position. Obviously, he plays inside in that slot a little bit more, which the Dolphins had a, a guy kind of break out a little bit this year in Bobby McCain. But neither here nor there, that was a name that stood out to me as well. A couple of names I had for you that I was curious about was that massive tight end that thinks is a receiver from uh, Mississippi State. I think it was Jordan Thomas. And then also the DN out of Miami. Also, uh, I believe Chad Thomas is his name. Uh, did you get a look at any of those, either of those guys, and, and uh, what did you think of them? Yeah, Chad Thomas stood out a lot all week long, so much so that he got the call up to the Senior Bowl, so he'll be uh, in Mobile this week as well. And it's funny because he didn't really get that much action in the game, and he they wanted to move him to tight end. He wants to be a receiver, so we're going to see how that plays out. I think he's going to either be a tight end or grow into an offensive tackle, so we'll <laughs> see. Uh, because he's a big dude, and you can tell he still has room to grow within his body. Coaches like to say, oh, he still has that baby fat on him. Um, I, I think you can see him growing into an offensive tackle or a tight end. I don't think he's going to play receiver. He's not sudden enough to do that at the um, NFL level on a consistent basis. And at receiver, you talked, I'm sorry, at, uh, what was the other guy you mentioned? Oh, it was Wolf Thomas. It was the Chad, Tom- Chad Thomas and Jordan Thomas. Chad Thomas, yeah. yeah. Chad Thomas was, was pretty good. And, again, like I said, he got the call up. And you see him, he looks like a pro defensive end. Like, he's filled out his frame. He's a big, thick guy and, and also the, did a great job in team versus the run. So, not surprised to see him get the call up. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to see a lot more guys get the call up now that the, <laughs> what, 24 guys – uh, called uh, called to, to pull out of the Senior Bowl is just impressive. Yeah, that's that's uh, not fun to see because those, those names can really can do a lot for themselves in this game as well. So if you had to pick one player out of this game that ends up in Miami's roster, I know that's a long shot in the dark, but if you can pick one guy that they happen to draft on day three, let's say, who would it be? Tony Adams, man. He was he was phenomenal. I thought he was good. Um, and, and you look at, again, interior offensive line play is more important, in my opinion, than offensive tackles because if your guard center guard isn't strong, uh, you won't be able to run the football, your quarterback won't be able to step up in the pocket, and you won't have success as an offense. So strengthening the guard center guard position, in my opinion, is where you need to go along the offensive line, which is why I think a guy like Tony Adams coming out of the Shrine game would be a great fit. That's really interesting to hear you say that because Adam Gaze has kind of had this philosophy over, I don't know, I mean, since he's been the Dolphins coach, they just have not invested into the guard center position. Mike Pouncey's still there, makes a lot more money than he's really worth at this point of his career with all the injuries. But both guard positions, they kind of just rolled with like hoping that Ted Larson and Anthony Steen and Jesse Davis will all work out, and it didn't really work out for him this year. So it's interesting to hear you say that. But let's uh, let's shift over to the senior bowl here in just one second. He is Emery Hunt uh, at Football Game Plan on Twitter, footballgameplan.com, and on Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We're going to talk senior bowl right after this. All right, back on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. I'm joined by Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. And Emery, you're heading down to Mobile this week, right? Correct. 
So he's heading to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. I love the practices all day on NFL Network. I record them and watch them religiously. And then, of course, the game on Saturday. But just tell me a little bit about some of these guys, Emery. Outside of quarterback, who are the main names you're keeping an eye on this weekend and this week, I should say? Well, I'm, I'm getting a good eye, keep a good eye on everybody because because of my broadcast schedule and, you know, during the season, I only get to see guys that I'm of the games that I'm that I'm doing. <laughs> so my scouting really starts now and it starts at these all-star games and the entire month of February. I'll be locked in the vault just watching film on about 450 prospects and then throwing out uh, my grades and rankings at the beginning of March. So I'm looking at everybody in, this, in the Senior Bowl. But some guys that really stood out to me was like Wyatt Teller of Virginia Tech. Um, I was at that Virginia Tech-West Virginia game. I focused mostly on the outside, the perimeter guys, the linebacker, safeties, receivers. Couldn't really get a good view because of where they have the press box uh, aligned at RFK, not RFK, but at FedEx Field. Couldn't really get the offensive line. So I'm interested to see how he does this week. Marquise Haynes of Ole Miss, every time I look up, he's blasting somebody. So linebackers like that I love, guys that look to hit, and that's something that I want to see. And also Danny Johnson out of Southern. Give me the cornerback that can take the ball away. For me, it's all about can you score and can you take the ball away. He's a guy that definitely can do that. Seven interceptions last year, led the FCS. This year was still a ball hawk. I want to say five to six interceptions on the season. So if you got ball skills, I want you on my football team. I like that a lot. That sounds really good. And just uh, kind of continuing on with that question and, and talking about some of the players that you're looking at, which guys, if any, are a specific fit to Miami in terms of what they do? Well, those three guys I think are, are really good fits for Miami, especially a guy like Danny Johnson because he can play inside or outside. So wherever they need him, he can definitely step in there and play. And also he's one that finds the football. And we've seen how many missed opportunities the Dolphins had on the back end because guys Guys didn't turn and find the football. Danny Johnson is one of those guys that will definitely turn and find the football and also bring it back for a touchdown. And two players as well. We talked about Chad Thomas, the defensive end, and, and Adam Brenneman, I think the tight end of UMass. I was at the first game of the season, UMass Hawaii, and he lit it up in that game, had over 200 yards receiving. Every big play they needed in that game, he was there to make it. Then I was at the Temple UMass game, and he was suffering with – perhaps a knee injury because he wasn't his same explosive self. But you saw him still fight hard through that game, work himself open. There was one play in particular where it was, I think it was an over route. He caught it and, and he had one-on-one -on -one with the defender. Um, he still had an opportunity to make him miss, but you could tell he wasn't 100%, probably was close to 65%, but still was able to try to gut it out and, and make that guy miss. But you know if he was 100%, he would have made him miss and scored. So I want to see how healthy he is in this all-star game throughout the week. And I think that's a guy that can provide that threat at the tight end position for Miami. That provides a really good transition to my next question for you. And that is how much do you take away from this game compared to, you know, compared to their senior tape or even going back to their junior sophomore tape? I know it's all, it's all part of a grand puzzle that you're putting together, but you talked about, you know, the health of that particular player. Is it just little things you're looking for here and there? How much does the senior bowl really go into your overall evaluation of these players? It doesn't go as much into my overall evaluation, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a film guy. You know, what you do in practice, you better do in the game. So we used to call guys like that practice All-Americans, guys that light up in practice but get in the game and, and they go missing. You know, so you want to see guys perform in the game. And the best way to, to, to view that is on their game film. So when I'm here at practices or here at, uh, you know, all-star games, 
uh, let's say all three games I was at, Tropical Bowl, Shrine Game, and now the Senior Bowl, what I'm looking for is to seeing how guys react to coaching, how guys play live. How, you know, you can really get a good gauge of speed and quickness live as opposed to on film. So that's always something I'm looking for. And just how guys go out there and compete. You know, this is a big-time audition. You want to see guys get out there and lay out for passes. You want to see guys try to make a, a tough throw that they wouldn't normally make in the game. You want to see them take chances, put on their best – their best showing. Uh, so that's what I'm mainly looking for. But what I find out here in all of these all-star games is, is not heavily weighed. I would say it's maybe 1% of the overall uh, film study that I do on these prospects. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I mean, I love watching those one-on-one drills. That's my favorite part of the whole week. But the game, yeah, it is kind of lacking on Saturday. But that's that's interesting. 1% is pretty, pretty low for you there. Um, and the one thing they always say about college all-star games, I, I agree with it, is you know the game's only as good as the quarterbacks that are in the game. And so I don't know if you saw Twitter this week with Baker Mayfield and he sent Dolphins Twitter into a frenzy. I think it was on like Thursday night or something like that. But my question to you is, if you're Miami, would you take a quarterback in the first round? And if so, who would it be? If I was Miami, I definitely would take a quarterback in the first round because you have the Jay Cutler experiment as we saw how that played out. Um, Matt Moore, we saw how that played out as well. He had multiple opportunities to, to seize position and just couldn't play consistent enough. Ryan Tannehill is coming off an injury, plus he was also, quite honestly, a very inconsistent quarterback himself. If it was a quarterback, and I look at the the personnel on this football team with the Dolphins and what they have in the backfield and how they want to push, work touchdown to check down and, and be dynamic, I would say Lamar Jackson would be the guy I would take because you pair him up in that backfield with the Kenyon Drake, with the on the outside with the Jarvis Landry. I hope they re-sign him with a guy like Devontae Parker, and now you add a tight end. Let's say you bring in a Brenneman or someone like that. Now you just helped out your offensive line because he's a guy that can get out the way. He's also a guy that defensive uh, defensive teams can't play man all the time because he can just break out and run. And you also help out your run game because he's a run threat. But in the sense, in the same breath, he's a guy that opens things up for Kenyon Drake, who has explosive speed that can hit the, the home run, that can ring that cast register pretty quickly. And when you add a guy like Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position, he instantly makes your entire offense better. I really liked Lamar Jackson all year going back to his Heisman Trophy last year. But, I mean, the, the question is going to be, you know, how polished is he and all that stuff. So I'm really curious to hear that. Really interested in hearing your thoughts on that more as we go along in the process here. But last question I have for you here, Emery, then I'll get you out of here, is uh, it's, I know it's way too early, but this is always a fun game to play. Dolphins are on the clock in, back in late April. 11th overall pick. Who is it going to be? Lamar Jackson easily. That's okay. the guy I'm taking. That's the <laughs> difference maker. If you put on your defensive coordinator hat, Travis, and answer this question. If you're a defensive coordinator, which quarterback in this draft would you least want to face? I would say it's between him and Mayfield. So there you have it. So it, it to me, Mayfield is a guy that doesn't threaten you on with his legs, you know, and we right. saw that in that Georgia game. And that's what really hurt them, which is probably why in overtime they didn't rely on him to win the game uh, because they saw how he was versus pressure. Now, uh, Lamar Jackson is a different, it's a different animal, man. You, you see the difference in even, even though they just blew out the Vikings, you see the difference in the Eagles offense with a guy like Wentz because he can, he makes their run game go. He's a, he's also a guy that can get out the pocket and, and, and can extend the play. Um, that's the difference. That's where we are right now in the NFL. 
how you got to be able to get out the way. And you also have to have a 12th man on the field, which is essentially your quarterback that has the ability to run. Yeah, and speed's really winning out in the NFL these days with all the extra defensive backs and the you know, three wide sets, everything like that. So good stuff, Emery. I really appreciate coming on the podcast. We'll have to do it again real soon, man. Appreciate that, man. Anytime. He is Emery Hunt of FootballGamePlan.com, at FBallGamePlan on Twitter. Awesome scouting and broadcasting background, former player, former coach, all this good stuff with him. So check him out on Twitter and his website as well, FootballGamePlan.com. Hopefully get him back on throughout the course of the entire draft process leading up to April and the uh, NFL draft in late April. Before we get out of here, we'll talk about the conference championship games that happened earlier on Sunday, as well as how they could impact the Dolphins roster going forward in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. Just one game remains in the NFL season, 2017's crazy, injury-filled, terrible, no-good season for the Miami Dolphins. But today's games, the Jaguars lose one in Foxborough, and the Vikings lay an egg in Philadelphia, so it'll be the Patriots and Eagles in the Super Bowl again. But just kind of going back to that AFC Championship game and talking about what Blake Bortles and Nathaniel Hackett did with the Jaguars' offense in that power-running game led by Leonard Fournette and the passes out to that, that Grant kid as well as using TJ Yeldon in the passing game. I think Miami would be, you know, we just talked to Emery, obviously, about possibly drafting a quarterback. He's on that train, obviously. You guys know that I am not. I'm a big believer in Ryan Tannehill and what he could do for this offense in terms of, you know, playing from play action, using the naked bootlegs and, and some RPO stuff, zone read, and kind of mixing up your personnel groupings and using different types of ways to attack the opposing defense with the types of traits that Ryan Tannehill has. So you look at what the Jaguars did with a lot of that play action and running game, as well as the bootlegs and kind of layered flood concepts where you, you go naked against the weak side of the formation and then flood out a lower level, like a, a flat player, an intermediate player and a deep route in terms of kind of attacking the defense at three levels. And Tannehill's one of the best in the league at doing that. So you saw what the Jaguars were able to do in terms of attacking the Patriots that way. And then if you go on defense, their game plan was kind of the same as what the Dolphins did to the Patriots back in that game on Monday night in December. So some copycat, league stuff to look at there is the defense or as the NFL tends to shift towards more defensive backs and more receivers and more speed speed at linebacker two down linebackers that can play the coverage game as we shift into that what's the best way to go ahead and approach that and attack that and get ahead of the game kind of like Bill Belichick always does just be one step ahead is to go with 12 personnel one running back two tight ends two receivers have them you know you can line them on either side of the formation you can put them together and bunch them up as long as they can inline block as well as flex out and be pass threats you have a offense that functions together with the play action game, the misdirection stuff, all that good stuff too. So that's kind of what I see in that in that AFC Championship game. You know, it's to kind of start trying to get the defense more on track, and we're get we saw a step this year with the Dolphins in 2017. Take another step in 2018, get some guys back: Tony Lippett, Raekwon McMillan, add some pieces to the draft or free agency, whatever it is. Try to get better on defense a little bit, but then start really bolstering up the interior offensive line. As Emery said, that's more important to him than tackles. Get yourself some tight ends that can play a little bit of dual positions, maybe even a fullback, a more strong running game. Obviously, you got to pair somebody with Kenyon Drake to kind of take a little bit of the burden off of his shoulders in terms of being a 25 carry a game type of guy. He's not that guy long term I don't think so that's kind of my plan that's going to be the podcast be sure to subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating and review check out the other locked on sports podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams follow me on twitter at wingfield nfl follow the show at locked on fins and of course at locked on nfl as well as their facebook page check out lockedondolphins.com for the written dolphins content needs to be back tomorrow with another edition of the locked on dolphins podcast your daily dose for miami dolphins football